On this episode of Resi Week, we talk about a hybrid-first approach, smart home adoption is increasing, and new cyber threats. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 307, Relationship Residential. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Peerless AV, driving technology through innovation. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for AVNation.tv. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by uh, essentially my New York family. First, we have my sister, Heather Sidorowicz. She's the president of Southtown AV. How you doing, Heather? Um, Matt, I heard that we're caroling today, so I put on my Christmas hat, and I have my Kamal ready. So um, I heard that we're, we're going to do caroling. You're so, leading, though, correct? Yeah. My daughter has been practicing uh, away in the manger, so... We can do that one. We could get down with that. A little harmonizing. Uh, next up is Mr. Mark Feinberg. He's the president of Home Theater Advisors. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing great, man. It's uh, starting to feel a little bit like winter down here in New York. I think we hit like 25 degrees today, Ooh. down from our 60 of last week. And I'm going to lip sync with you, Heather, because you really don't want to hear me sing. Mm. No, we no. don't. We well, don't. Mitch will make us all sound good, so it's okay. Okay. We'll auto-tune this monster like you You have no <laughs> idea. Yes, pentatonic style. Last but certainly not least, we've got Mr. Todd Puma. He's the president of The Source, or yeah, The Source Home Theater. Sorry. Tongue tied today. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, man. Doing real good. Especially that March chili makes me feel a little better. You you want Mark to be cold? Yeah, I kind of do. Okay, interesting. Cause, he's because he's cold hearted. I, I kind of have a feeling that Mark's always cold <laughs> when he walks outside. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know either. I think he needs a hat. Might be lacking a little bit of warmth. It is. Uh, I'll tell you what. It is. There's nothing like the breeze off the river. When you walk those cross streets in Manhattan and that breeze kicks up, it's like, holy crap. (sighs) Broadway right near the bowl. That's where it's a wind tunnel. Nasty down there. All right. uh, Let's let's get into a couple fun stories for today. We're going to start with just mainly a note. Um, Exterus bought Elmo. Uh, this is bigger if you're in the commercial side of the world or if you play in Resimercial a little bit. Um, both of these parties, uh, Exterus used to be Stampede, which was a much easier name to pronounce and, and spell and all of those good things. Um, their parent company bought Almo, so it's now a massive conglomerate that includes uh, or, or is based off their, obviously, their acquisition of Stampede, Jam Industries, the music people, JB&A. So... The, We'll see how that flushes out if you buy from any of these guys. Um, your reps may change. They may merge. They, all those fun things. Uh, it's Christmas, so everybody's coming together. It's just beautiful. Uh, but that's all I have to say about that one. Um, so let's kick it off with our, our, our main first story of the day. This comes to us from CE Pro. How Resimercial integrators can be an ideal resource for hybrid first workplaces. Read through this article. It covers a lot of really good things, including... Um, kind of how residential integrators can can kind of go after this market and, and how to focus on on part of this market. Heather, I, I wanted to start with you on this specifically because you, out of out of the three guests and and maybe myself at, at times as well, you probably play in the commercial space at least as much as me, if not a little bit more than me. 
And this has been a, a very evolving situation. You're in New York, which has its own level of restrictions, um, but you're in state opposed to the city. So it's it's not as as tight in Buffalo. How are you adjusting to the commercial? I'm going to call it instability, right? We've got lots of corporations that are coming back to the office and they're trying to be business as normal, which is where we can come in and we can provide all these cool hybrid spaces and, and you know, again, business as as usual. But then there's the ever looming threat of a lockdown or, or a, a work from home situation kicking back off. How are you addressing this with your clients, if at all? We do like to talk about it, so, so I'll back up even more. Um, so we are about 85% commercial and the rest we would call relationship residential. Um, we definitely believe that no matter what happens, hybrid's never going anywhere ever again, right? So I think we all know that um, flexibility, a lot of companies proved that they could work remote or hybrid. So that's going to be here to stay. And because of that, companies who I think held out as in things would go back to the way they were, those companies are now saying, okay, we really do need virtual options. So we're seeing it kind of grow and morph into that way. The way in their homes, though, we're actually not getting CEOs or high-end people. Like, we're not getting that, hey, I need a room outfitted in my house. Instead, they're saying, hey, I'm just going to work from my office that I may already have, or I'm still going to be on the laptop in my dining room. Um, so mm -hmm. We're not actually seeing that as much as I thought we might have at this time. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that continues to unfold as some businesses continue to now put an additional stop on coming back to work um, now due to our wonderful new Omicron version. It just, it continually sounds like Transformers on every show. Every show is a Transformer show. Todd, you're you're working in greater Manhattan area, the, the tri-state area. I know you... I'm not trying to pigeonhole you, but I know that you've got some some sea level people because it's really easy to have sea level people in New York. And it's kind of his his jam. He's kind of like it's his jam. Yeah, it's his jam. Are you seeing? Because this was kind of the holy grail this whole time was this concept that C suite executives were going to come to all of us and say, "I need a duplicate." if not a, a better duplicate of my executive boardroom off my dining room in my office at home. And uh, we haven't seen this take off. Have you seen this take off? Is, is this, is this a vertical that you're seeing actually happen? I, I believe during the beginning of the pandemic, people didn't know what was going on and they were just crying out for solutions. Like in their homes already, we outfitted them for a great network, right? Mm -hmm. So no matter where they are, they'll be have good streaming capabilities but they did want that. They asked me, hey, how can I get what I have in my office in my home? And from that point forward, I started researching, you know, restaurants, uh, in-home solutions, M1 processors, and the list goes on. From there, they utilized it, used it, and it had its place. Now they're asking us, is there a way that they could take that out and possibly exchange their product for, you know, products in their home they're going to utilize more uh, than they thought they were? Like in the use case scenarios with the majority of the customers that we thought this was going to be our new niche, this is going to be our new movie room, it was going to be something mm -hmm. we offered in every single home. It's now become just a really small lifestyle question that we asked during consultations or walkthroughs on if they're working from home, how often they work from home, how many people are working from home in the household, and how often is the internet get used during the primary hours between 7 a.m. 
and 6 p.m. And now at this point in time, they're like, we're all back at the office and we're handling everything from there. Um, let's just keep the basics at this point. Mm -hmm. The office is set up. They're okay with a Logitech camera. They're okay with the whatever this microphones are called, the blue microphones. And they're okay with the basics just connecting. It's kind of like the Sonos aspect of things, you know, plug and play. That's mm -hmm. what they want now more than something more complex or office grade, which I believe Mark will touch more based on with his answer for the next one. Mark, when you when you follow this, are you seeing because this has been my concern with that that conversation, right? The conversation of as residential integrators, we're going to own the home, we're going to own the home office, which to Todd's point, if all they want is a Logitech webcam and, you know, a basic headset or a Plantronics or whatever, uh, Poly now, um, you know, just a basic headset, they'll buy it from you just as easily as they'll buy it from Staples. Where does corporate IT fit into this? Are, are you seeing, again, you two are, are perfect for this because of where you're located. It, it's the mecca of corporate America. Are you seeing right. corporate IT willing to succeed that landscape, even in the home office, to Mark's home theater? Right. Not that that's your company name, but you know. <laughs> I, I should have named the company Mark's Home Theater. I would have made Matt happy. Um, yeah, I, I think that's what's happening. I, you know, at the beginning, like Todd, people were calling and saying, how do I get better, you know, connect connectivity, not connectivity at home, but better video conferencing and audio at home. And I led them down the path. And I would ask, you know, at the time, I wasn't even allowed into buildings in the very beginning. So they, buildings completely shut down. Even if clients wanted me in, they wouldn't, the, the doormen wouldn't let me in. So I pointed them towards, you know, a Logitech camera and a better microphone. And you know, would sometimes talk them through how to do it on the phone. And I realized, you know, at least at that level, I didn't even pursue going down, trying to make that a, a, a business because the margin, there were very little margins there. And there's mm -hmm. a lot of handholding and a lot of service calls related to things around the computer. You know, whether the computer had the right memory or they were running into firewall issues with the office, it just wasn't worth it. Um, I did as a little bit of a courtesy to some of my better clients. And then what was happening is once things started to shake out a little bit, you're right, the corporate IT offices, you know, if it's a C-level executive, he's getting something from the IT department is coming over and setting up, the, setting everything up on his computer for him. Mm -hmm. they, they were already coming and installing the printer and setting up the laptop and connecting the VPN back to the office. So this is just one more thing they're doing for their C-level executives. I'm getting some mid, mid to, you know, executive level, not C-level, but executive level people asking, and I, the same thing, I just say, you know what? your best bet is to work with your IT department because they're going to know what's going to work best with whatever platforms you're using. The only questions I get now are like people who want to do it for the family. And I think um, Henry Clifford did an article about it a few weeks ago, you know, doing uh, a Leon soundbar with a camera built into it and putting a you know, little mini computer behind the mm -hmm. TV and being able to do it all in the living room. So when the family wants to do a, a video call with the family more, more socially, but once people kind of see what that entails, um, they're like, for the amount of times we're going to use it, it just isn't worth it. Yeah, that that concept of the the living room, Zoom room, great marketing potential, terrible user case. <laughs> right, because it's no one wants to see like when you sit on your couch, you're not sitting up straight, you're not feeling, you know, it's well, I am, but I have really good posture. You know, you're getting comfortable. You're in your sweatpants. You're. It's the end of the day. It's the place you go to relax. It's not. Mm -hmm. You know, it's maybe not clean. There might be stuff on the floor. It's. 
So I think that that, that whole living room idea, it, it's just a different space, a different feel. It, it'd be tough. I think it's a tough sell to go that direction. Well, again, it's, it's typically, it's people who aren't super tech savvy and they want that, that you know, pick up the, bu- the, the remote and push one button and have everything happen. It's like, we can do that, but are you going to spend the kind of money to make it that, that simple? Remember one of the last TVs and they would get like the keyboard and it would be like four inches by two inches. And I'm like, this is going to be the future. I, I still have my first thin Samsung plasma. I still have the, the Curity remote that came with that thing. It's ridiculous. It's like a sidekick. Um, kids, look, look that one up. Look that one up, kids. Right. Oh, my God. I remember that thing. Uh, let's change topics for a second. Also, from it's a CE Pro Heavy Webs uh, show today. Uh, smart home market is expanding into lower income households as they embrace technology. Uh, 59% of 2021 buyers earning less than $75,000. Again, there's a US based study, but it's, it's kind of interesting. Todd, when you when you see this, the really the big thing that that popped up for me out of this this quick article was that today's consumers are faced with nine major purchase channels from IKEA to their ISP, and they're open to the best deal and service wherever they can find them. I, I know this is not your market specifically, but as a whole, our channel, do we belong in that? It, when they're when they're talking about nine different channels to purchase through do you think we're one of those channels do you think we belong as one of those channels that that's a great question um what i do believe about you know the diy products because that's where we're kind of touching base on correct mm-hmm. is it has a place and it's meant for the guys who kind of like where i started off and mark started off is you had to start somewhere do the basics, run through the systems. There's some AV integrators that do very well on selling Logitech. Well, they don't make remotes anymore. But, the you know, Sonos, Nest, and the list mm-hmm. goes on and on of third-party providers. But for us, I feel like I need to stay away from that as much as possible because I know what I could do well, and I have a confidence in what I do. And everything that I have in my home, it, it's the groceries, right? I eat the groceries. But with these third-party products, there's too many variables that go along side of it and i think that if there was a channel we would be the eighth channel we would be after they experienced this and if they were looking for something more integrated and more custom tailored to their liking is where we would come in from the seven other channels i i I believe that i've crossed that path at this point Mm. and it's something i couldn't maintain because my knowledge isn't there for all those different products that are third party like i would maybe like it to be yeah that's a good point mark uh Todd touched on the the fact that he's he's well both of you for example have grown past that. You know, you started your business in one spot and then you you elevated it, you grew it, you you went beyond and now you're doing different things that maybe doesn't fall into this category. My 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 question is always will the client ever make that transition? Is a client who's jumping in at an entry level level which is what this is and going through their their growth just as as people are they going to mature beyond that or do we have to kind of give up i'm trying to be very diplomatic with this but do we have to give up on that client base who is only interested in you know what they can buy off the shelf at costco or ikea when it comes to 
anything smart home, quote unquote. Is there any growth opportunity for that client or are they always going to stay where they are? I think the challenge is that it's a small percentage that will grow and trying to identify who that small percentage is is going to be very hard. And I think it's, it, for me at least, it's hit or it's, it's taken as it comes. Mm-hmm. If somebody, you know, has put in a ring doorbell and a Nest Cam and they, you know, they have like, you know, and they have an Echo and they have some Sonos and they get to the point where they can't figure it out and they need some help. Um, we won't support a lot of those products, but I'll say, listen, if you want, you know, an integrated system, they'll they'll Google and they'll find us. And I'll just say, if you want an integrated system, if you want it all to work together, you know, we don't work with some of those products. We do work a lot with Sonos, but a lot of those other product lines we don't work with. We can put in a different system, you know, here's a ballpark of what it would cost. Some of them are open to that. Some of them, you know, I can almost hear them gagging on the phone at the cost. So it just depends on, I think it's going to be a very small percentage who will start out, especially at that household income. They're, they just, they're not, they're not our channels customer, except for, I think there's a lot of people out there who's starting in the business or even may have had a company for 10 or 15 years and they do a great business at small kind of do it for me installs with the Mm -hmm. DIY quite type of product. I think for that, business model, this is a very interesting story. Yeah, I think for the business model that most of us, right, for those of us, for, for the four of us now I, on this call, yeah, I don't, it doesn't fit any of our business models. Heather, let me, I, I want to pull something that, that Mark touched on. He, he mentioned how the majority of those DIY products, he doesn't want to support. He, he, he won't support. And he'll go as far as telling a client, not to put words in your mouth, but who goes far as telling a client that he does not support that. Yes. When you look at it from a business standpoint, right? Take the, the love of, or the hate of specific products out of it. If you're coming in and, and, and being to, to use a a phrase that uncle Richie uses, if you're being a digital concierge Hmm. and you are helping your client along and you're there, let's face it as a service provider to help them, right? If they really want a doorbell, a video doorbell that you know is not going to integrate with much of your stuff, it's not going to be a huge service draw on you. There may be a couple of things, but it's just, it's something you don't want to support. How do you, do you take a hard stance and, and risk losing the rest of that project because you're taking this ridiculously hard stance over a $149 US, I'm assuming, um, doorbell versus just saying, yeah, yeah, you buy it, have the electrician, we'll have the electrician put it in, or, or maybe we'll put it in, but just know that, you know, this does not, this is not covered under our support plan because it's not part of our family of products. The easy, the answer to that is, is it depends. Do I go out and say that we would? No. Um, do you, if you called and said, would you do this for us? The chance is by the time we say, hey, it's a service call and this amount of labor, it's going to cost more than your doorbell. And therefore, mm-hmm. you're not going to, you're, you're, that's going to close itself. So I didn't have to tell you no, but it, you already, that happens with TVs all the time too, right? So mm-hmm. on the residential side, someone bought a bargain basement TV from Costco, Sam's Club, calls us to install and our estimate might be more than their TV. And they say, oh, well, no. So we've been trying to qualify our clients more to tell them upfront to say, hey, this install is going to be between 
I don't know, maybe it was a simple install, $800 to $1,200. And that right there could tell, let them say, okay, great, that's not in my budget, so thank you and have a great day. That's a, that's a great, great strategy. I like that, Heather. Yeah, I believe in transparency as much as possible and trying to qualify those leads when they call. It's not always the easy thing to do, but being upfront with them does allow them to say, oh no, I do have a budget. Or, well, yeah, I did buy that TV and it was a great deal, so I want that, but also while you're here, I might add on this, this, and this. And mm -hmm. I'll say on the other side of that is, we are a bit more middle market, I think, than Mark or Todd. Um, so like the Sono stuff, sometimes just to add a soundbar, even if they're not doing the rest of Sono's music, it just for you know three three ninety nine or whatever it is four twenty five now it's such a it's just good and it works and it sounds good, and they don't Yo. know what they don't know. Um, mm -hmm. I had an employee when he started and he was listening to music on his phone once and I walked by and kind of threatened to fire him if he does that again because <laughs> you can't enjoy audio off your phone and be doing this for a living and. Today, he carries around a Sonos Move in his backpack, so when he's on the job, he can listen to good quality audio while installing mm -hmm. you know, a larger job. Well, you also want the client to walk by and hear him doing that and have the client say, well, if, he, if it's fine for this guy right. to listen to it on the phone, why, why do I need this big audio system? Right, and now I think he would never, ever listen to it, that, and, and it would make him cringe. But people don't know. I was just in Virginia. Hopefully, they're not listening to this podcast. And they had a, a little get-together for family, and they were listening to... Um, a, a dot and it means mm -hmm. it's like nails down the chalkboard for me i was like anxious and unhappy but they didn't know that. my my kids have in their playroom there's a there's a dot and because i stole the one sonos for another room in the house and they listen to christmas music in there at like full volume and it kills me every time i walk oh in hey, it hurts your soul. Yeah. It <laughs> yeah it's so bad my my son, I mean, my son has like a, a triad soundbar, a subwoofer, and a triad one in the room he hangs out in all the time. And I walk in there, and he's got three friends over, and he's got the stupid little $30 Bluetooth speaker we bought for him for sleepaway camp to have in his bunk, cranked up. I'm like, dude, you're killing me. What are you doing? Ground him, hold him real quick. I, I like that. It's awesome, Dad. Well, and now he does it just to get me. Just to, He does it just to mess with me now. Now it's out of principle. He won't use the sound system. I can see that. I can see that. All right, let's let's hit our let's hit our last story of the day real quick, and uh, then we'll 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 start our Christmas carols. Um, also coming to us from CE Pro, why integrators should be paying attention to the Log4j vulnerability. Uh, this is a logging tool in Java that's, gosh, impacting a boatload of stuff across the board. Mark, I I want to start with you on this. Sure. This is the second major kind of security outage related type thing that's happened in the last three weeks um that that's hit major news right the the obviously this one the java one um two weeks ago aws was out for like a day and a half which wreaked havoc everywhere how do we how do we stay on top of all of this stuff because quite often unless it takes down facebook or twitter or something Major, stop laughing, Heather. It's it. It's funny. It, it's okay. Unless it's taking down social media, general news is not going to pick up on it, and it's not necessarily going to hit your feed. How do we stay on right. top of all of these issues that that keep coming, and then what do we do with that information once we can actually find it? You know, I I, I tend to hear about most of these things through trade channels 
mm-hmm. be it um, you know Facebook groups that are trade specific, um, dealer forums that, for, from the specific you know control for and snap AV tech forums that I'm on, or snap one tech forums that I'm on, or yeah, or I hear about it. Sometimes I hear about it from an email from a vendor. I think that should be a, a bigger channel. I think our, our vendor partners should be much better at seeing this is happening, getting a communication out, even if they don't have the full story yet on how impacted they are. Let us know that they're looking into it and that we're, and that at least helps make us aware of it. Um, so those are the ways I find out about it. And fortunately, I've reached out to my vendors at this point. They've all claim that you know the the product we're reselling is not impacted they have some back-end systems that they've that they're working on patching but nothing that is um consumer facing at this point heather do do manufacturers have a significantly larger role to play in this because like with the aws outage i was getting emails from customers that were affected long before i heard from manufacturers who downright knew this was affecting them like 20 minutes in it's a wonderful christmas wish (laughs) (laughs) they're gonna write a lifetime movie about this (laughs) my christmas wish is that manufacturers would care more i think they're so overwhelmed by supply chain issues and you know being just bamboozled by all this other stuff that they're probably feeling the same way we are and super overwhelmed. Um, But yes, in a perfect world, it would be fantastic to say, hey, there is a problem. We know about it and we're working on it because we got you. And I bet that if you called any of our customers, they'd probably say the same thing. You know, we want to be better too, right? That if we had it so together and our process is so good that we sent an email to our client roster to say, hey, we know that there's a problem. And we are working with our manufacturers and we're on it. But did anyone here send that email to their clients? Yeah, I didn't. Heck no. So it, it's something we watch and it would be great in a perfect world, but yeah, we're not there yet. Yeah, although I do want to give some props. Control 4 does have a very good, you can sign up, and I think Snap 1 has it now too. You can sign up for alerts and they're very good about it. It's, it's a it's a text alert you get that says, we have this issue, we're looking into it. And hire great people. I, I mean, if, you, if you're not the person, I think it's always good to know that you're not the person and hire great people who have that magic power. So that's not me. I am not a networking person, um, but I have great people who they were on it. So I was watching emails go back and forth between them. Um, to say like, hey, this is an issue and here's what it's affecting. And so it's, yeah, it's know your magic powers and hire the rest. I like it. Todd, well, let's let's wrap this up with you. I I understand both aspects of the the manufacturer side, right? I get where they might take the same approach that we take with our clients of, I don't necessarily want to tell you there's a problem, because you may never notice. It, it, it may be rectified so quickly <laughs> that you don't know that something was out and thus you're not going to go all over. You know, you're not going to blow up my phone. You're not going to email our service team. All of those things may not happen, which if I send you the email and say, by the way, for the fourth time this week, AWS is having a problem and you can no longer, you know, that's it doesn't look good for anybody. How do you deal with it with your clients? And do you expect that your manufacturers are your actual partners? 
and thus they should help you so that you know ahead of time to help your your customers whether you choose to inform them or not you know that's again in a perfect world that would be the case i think they're thinking the same way as us right they have a lot of annoying clients the first thing i thought about when this happened i was like oh, did you crap. just call yourself an an annoying yeah. client yeah i did, okay. I did. Yeah. <clears throat> very annoying very so the first thing i thought of when this happens as i look through my list of people i'm like oh no oh no oh no oh no because i know they're going to call the worst mm -hmm. clients are going to call you and the last thing i want to do is send them an email because when you send them an email by the way my system has never been working. Your systems have never been working. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's been three years since we've been there. Yeah, the lights never work. The cable box never worked. Never worked right to begin with. Yeah. And so that's what I don't want to happen, right? Anytime there's a problem that's global, I literally crap myself at that point in time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's the holidays. Why does everything always happen in the holidays? Why do manufacturers decide on uploading a new app? Why do manufacturers decide on giving us all these great tools at the end of the year? Guess what? A week before Christmas. Fantastic. Best time ever. Like, that's my gift. My gift is more problems. And manufacturers, do they think of us? No. They think about how to close out the year and how to make sure that all their technology and everything that they receive this year closes out with a bang. But it doesn't mean it's going to work for us. So certain manufacturers, they're great. Other manufacturers that's that's such a how do you really feel todd oh i feel great i, love <laughs> I don't know no i'm i'm not gonna we're not gonna go down that that route that gets me in trouble we could bang our head against the wall and it'd be more pleasurable than most of the things we receive on a daily basis from customers i like the dizziness at least i get something out of it and that 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 is the unfiltered todd anthony puma <laughs> ladies and gentlemen enjoy all right we're gonna we're gonna wrap it there before i walk into the the mind field that Todd just laid for me. Um, Cause yeah, I'll blow it up even more than he did. Uh, Todd, if people want to connect with you, learn more about the source home theater, where can they do that? You could reach me at Todd at the source home theater.com, or you can reach me on social platforms. I think it's Todd Anthony Poole for Twitter. And that's all I really check here and there. Here and there. I like it. Mr. Feinberg, thank you for joining us. If people want to connect with you, learn more about home theater advisors, where can they do this? It's Mark at Home Theater Advisors, and on most social media, Instagram, Facebook, it's Home Theater Advisors. I love it. Thank you, sir. Sister, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Southtown AV, where can they do that? Heather at SouthtownAV.com. Um, on Twitter, tech underscore chi as in a balance between life and technology. Beautiful. Thank you all for joining us on our, our New York based show today. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. 